Okay, so tonight, Bezras Hashem, we're going to be learning Os Reish in Rav Kook's Sefer Reish Milin. Now, before we start, aside from dedicating the Shir Le'ilu Nishmasam Shal HaKadoshim Shanarugu Al Kiddush Hashem and the Tila that any Kas or Churva or, or Yisurin that are meant to come to Kal Yisrael should be sweetened in their source. I want to, for myself mainly, remind myself of what Rav Kook was trying to do when it came to this Sefer. Now again, we have to remember that Rav Kook wrote this Sefer when he was stuck in Golis. After having been in Eretz Yisrael originally, Rav Kook, during World War I, traveled to London for a fundraising trip, for a spirituality-raising trip. But Sovtavar HaKol Nishma, Rav Kook got stuck in London, and he became the Rav of the Machzike Hadas Shtibel there for a number of years. And Rav Kook had lost himself to a certain degree. Rav Kook felt utterly outside of his comfort zone. And he writes in the first Ha'ara that he added later on to the Sefer Reish he writes as follows. He says, when the world is going according to its natural order, the spiritually enlightened individual is capable of drawing spiritual strength from the externality of the world. They're capable of penetrating the depths of Teva, of natural order, of natural history. And by penetrating and, and thinking about the natural way that things operate, they are capable of discerning spirituality and light. Or if Cook continues and he says, That is not the case when the world is filled and when the world falls into the chaos and disorder that is filled with darkness, wickedness, and, and negativity. At that point, the revealed world, the world as it operates on the day-to-day, is mitnodeid, it, it wanders away from itself. Its order becomes confused, it becomes combined with one another. And if the spiritual individual attempts to draw forth their spiritual sustenance simply from the revealed world and from the externalities of natural order, there is an impoverishment, a, a profound impoverishment that awaits them. And it has the capacity to throw a person away from all of their standing. Vaaz says Rav Kook, and then Rav Kook writing in 1916, stuck in London when the world was on fire, in order to strengthen our spiritual standing, in order to give ourselves life, in order to find within ourselves the capacity to continue when we hear such news, to allow ourselves to continue finding Kedusha within the world, Rav Kook says, the time where the burning desire for the interiority of things, the burning desire to perceive the depths of things beyond their natural order, beyond their externality, arrives to the person. There comes a time where the person wants to penetrate and touch the world that has not yet been touched by the dirty and and sullied hands of external natural order, of history, of of hatred, of fighting, of rage, of of machlokas, of murder, of kas, of Jewish blood being spilt.
And when a person penetrates into this space, they have the capacity to draw down water in joy. They have the ability to revive their broken soul. They have the ability to revive that which has been destroyed. And we are capable of drawing down water to irrigate the dried bones of the revealed world of spirituality, of the revealed world of natural order. And a person is capable of, of enlightening and drawing life into a world that has lost itself because of the hand of Rishus that has disordered everything. And Rav Kook says, from this particular reason, specifically for this reason and for nothing else, and Rav Kook says, because of this desire of the spiritual individual to penetrate into the interior of things, because they're suffocated by the way the world is operating, it is specifically for that reason and that reason alone during World War II when the world was in flames and on fire, it was specifically for that reason that Rav Kook decided to descend into the interiority of things, to find within the osios, to find within the dead kingdom of the world, the broken vessels of the world, to disclose what the Baal Shem Tov tells that he learned in the name of Mashiach, that in each letter, in each externality of the world, the person has the capacity to find olamot, worlds, neshamot, souls, ve'elokus, and godliness. So reminding ourselves what Rav Kook's entire project, Kaviyacho, was in the Sefer of Reish Milin, it should be Malamid Schusan Kla Yisrael, and it should be a. We, we should create an Ace Ratzon through all the Torah learning and all the davening that's taking place because of the Ace Tsara. And it should be there to allow us to, to find within ourselves the strength to penetrate into the inside of things and not to be stuck in the Pachad and the anxiety and the Bilbul and the Hester of things that are external. Now, Rav Kuk and Osresh is going to be picking off specifically where he left off with the Os Kuf. Like we said, from the Os Mem to Tuf, we're already dealing with the secondary space of the Osios, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is less apparent, and things begin actually manifesting externally. So from Mem to Tuf, which spell out Mace, which spell out death, as we said in the name of the Zohar, that death is whenever there is a degradation or a descent from a previous level, on a certain level it is the Bechina of a Misa, it is the Bechina of dying, no longer having access to the Chaim that we had access to beforehand. Now the first Seder of the Aleph base, Aleph Talamid, which is Elokus, which is Kale, which represents godliness and presence and Chesed, the second half of the Osios is Memtetov, which is Misa, which represents the descent of godliness into the world of physicality, into actualized manifestation. But again, underlying the entire process is the belief and the hope and the understanding that for of Kuk, all degradation, all descent into limitation and constriction and hester and concealment is for the sake of adorning perfection for the sake of disclosing a deeper level of Kedusha that without separation would not have been possible. Because before separation, we would have believed in HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be Kel Yachid Miyuchad, to be unified in simple uni- unicity and, and complete in the oneness 
but it would have been devoid of any constriction and devoid of any pressure and devoid of the dialectical pushback against that yichud. But once HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that once it's elevated in the primordial will before the creation of the world, to disclose my yichud into difference, into gvurot, into limitation, and to show that even limitation, even gvura, even suffering, even darkness is also a disclosure of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that even in the he'elem, in the alma de shikra, and the world of lies that we live in, even the world of lies, and even Sheker itself has the ability to disclose HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We come out of the entire Seder of the Osios and the entire purpose of existence with a deeper level of Yichud Hashem. Because now Hashem is not only revealed in unity, but the unity has the ability to descend into duplicity and distortion and contain and maintain its essence to show that even difference is unified, that even that which appears to be entirely separate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in truth part and parcel of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's giloy in this world. That is the entire seder of the Aleph base for Rav Kook, and we're, going, we're coming closer and closer each week to the Ostaf, where Rav Kook finally expresses this completely, where Aleph meets Taf and Taf meets Aleph of Es HaShemayim Ve'es HaAretz, showing that the Shemayim and the Aretz are unified. But before we come to that place where everything elevates itself, at this point in the Aleph base, we're already in the, sort of speak, the lowest place of the Aleph base. After Mem, things begin disclosing themselves in duplicity and separation. But the Kuf, the Resh, and the Shin, these three last letters prior to the end of the Aleph base, which spell out Sheker, are considered by the Sefer HaZohar and considered by the Bali Sod to be letters of Shikra, to be letters of lies that don't have legs to stand on, that represent the duplicity and the separateness and the distortion and the concealment and the suffering and the brokenness and the anxiety of this world. So the Osios Kuf we saw already last week, it's a letter of imitation. It's the Kofiuta Adam. It's the mimicry. It's the imitation where we already encounter the Klipas Noga, where we encounter this klipa, this shell, this husk that covers over the explicit revelation of godliness. And it's our job by the Oskuf to imitate the Kedusha that we find in the world. And chas v'shalom, if a person doesn't find that Kedusha to imitate, they fall into a negative imitation, whereby we take the leg of the kuf and we let it descend into the worlds of klipa. So kuf, we already saw, because it's part of the word of Sheker, is already an entrance and an encounter with the first klipa, with klipas noga. Now the os reish is going to be a further manifestation of distortion prior to the revelation of kedusha that comes about in the os taf. Now the os reish is different than the os kuf in the sense that kuf which is like the kof, like the monkey in front of the individual, or the individual in front of the shechina, that the kof already, we know what we're imitating. We know what we're mimicking. We know the source of that which we're trying to emulate. By the os reish, what we come in contact with is a duplication or a replication, a simulacrum, if you will, where there's a copy. It's no longer a mimicry where I can identify the source that I'm mimicking so that I know what I'm trying to connect to. But by the Osresh, as we descend further into the word of Sheker, into the word of duplicity and untruth, by the Osresh we find a duplication, a replication where it's no longer apparent what we're copying or what we're mimicking. 
So by the Osresh, it's much more susceptible to seeing duplicity and doubles in the world, where the source of unity is no longer apparent, where the source of my behavior, that which I'm imitating, that which I'm mimicking is no longer apparent. And I'm already beginning to think by the Osresh that I am a standalone entity, that all differentiation that emerges out of the Osmem by the Osnun, and it contains its limitations that the Osamach applies to it. And it sees all that it needs to see, and it brings into itself all that it needs for its particularized identity by the Osayin. And it begins to express itself prior to actual expression by the Ospei. And then it connects and unifies itself in the last hope by the Ostsadi, by the Koch of the Tzadik. And then by the Oskuf, we remember it's imitating that which came before it. By the Osresh, we're already entering into a space of duplicity where it's no longer apparent what we're imitating, what we're mimicking. And specifically here, Rav Kook says, a new beginning starts. By the Osresh, after imitation, after something has tried to emulate something else, we lose sight of the fact that we're mimicking something. We lose sight of the fact that that which appears is connected to a source that stands before it and stands beyond it. By the Osresh, we no longer recognize that there is a source of Kedusha, the Kuf of Kedusha, that we said. By the Osresh, that Kuf is hidden. And here we find ourselves in the world of duplicity and doubling. The Vilna Gon and the Tzadikim express that the Osios, Beis, Chaf, and Resh, which contain the gematria of 2, 20, and 200, and the Maharal expresses this at length in Sefer Teferis Yisrael and Netzach Yisrael, that these osios, these double osios, because Bez is the second one after Aleph, and Chaf is the second one after Yud, and Resh is the second one after Kuf, so they all are united in the aspect of doubling, and the Maharal says that the word Bez, Chaf, Resh, which stands for Bechor, entitles the Bechor to a doubled portion, because the letters Bez, Chaf, Resh are all about duplicity and multiplication where we no longer are capable of identifying the unified source, but we're already falling into the space of doubling, something that Ruf Cook expresses explicitly by the Osios Mansbach, the second letters, the letters Sophie of Mem, Nun, Sadi, Pei, and Chaf, which are the double letters which are representative of Gevura and concealment. Because when something doubles itself, when something folds over itself, thereby multiplying itself, it's no longer possible to discern the root of unity within it. So by the Osresh, we're already entering into a space of duplicity and replication where a person connects with something fake and they are incapable of discerning the unity beneath it. Now, for of Cook, obviously, we're not going to be okay with simply claiming that the Osresh is a negative space of duplicity and multiplication where a person loses sight of unity because for of Cook, everything is elevated. Everything in existence, everything in pratius and Kalius in the personalized world of the individual, as well as the collective and universal of the Jewish people and the world at large, the Amuna HaKadosha is that everything is perpetually elevating itself. Everything is emerging out of chaos and, and coming into a Yichud, coming into a space of Kedusha that was hitherto undisclosed. So it's not enough for Rav Kook to say that the Osresh represents duplicity where the source of unity is no longer apparent, where we're no longer sure of what we're imitating. Rav Kook is going to need to show us how even the Osresh, which stands for Ra and Rasha, of negativity and duplicity in the world and the doubling of the world, even that has the capacity of discerning a deeper level of unity. 
bringing us closer to the tough, which connects back to the Aleph and the Sod of Na'utz, Sofam betchilasam betchilasam besofam, that the end is embedded in the beginning and the beginning is embedded in the end. And the secret of Kedusha and, and Sisrei Torah, that the end simply serves to enhance and amplify the beginning, thereby disclosing a deeper level of unity. So for Rav Kook, the Osresh, it's not enough to say that it's a doubling, but there's an opportunity in the Osresh when a person descends away from the source of unity, when a person finds themselves in a duplicitous state where they're no longer capable of disclosing the unity that they're coming to imitate, where things are replicated and cloned and doubled, assuming that they have their own self-sufficient identity, no longer capable of recognizing that they are subsumed with the light of the original. Specifically here in this Makkah of the Oshresh, we have the capability of disclosing a deeper giloy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which Rav Kook is going to show us. Now the second hakdama for the Osresh is how Rav Kook chooses to show this idea. Now this is a, an idea that was already expressed by the Os Aleph, and this is the concept of Targum or translation. Like we saw by the Os Aleph, because Ulpan, or the concept of learning, Aleph is the translation of Limud which means to say that even the source of the Aleph base, even the source of our conception of godliness within the world, the Or Ein Sof, which is already always a Gilui, and not the original Atzmiut, which Rav Kook holds very deeply along the lines of the Leshem and the Rambam and all of our Mikubalim, that it is not possible for us to discern or grasp that which preceded the Aleph. The Aleph is always already an act of translation. And for Rav Kook, translation is not simply the linguistic act of translating one language into another that was hitherto ununderstandable and now it can be discerned, but translation is an ontological process whereby the individual interprets the information that they feel and they translate it into something that is expressible to a world of differentiation, expressible to the space within the soul that is no longer operating in clarity. Translation for the Arizal, as we're going to say, has the same exact gematria, the numerical value of tardema, of unconsciousness, of, of a deep slumber. And specifically in a deep slumber, Adam is capable of finding his source of life, which is Chava. And Rabbi Nachman in Torah where he talks about Targum, connects Targum entirely to the concept of Chava. So there's a very clear connection there. But Targum is an act of darkening the expression of falling into unconsciousness, of falling into a dreamlike state as opposed to an intellectual clarity. And specifically there in the space of Targum, where things are no longer able to disclose their originality or their source, specifically there we have the ability to say that even here in the space of Targum, even here in the space of Tardema, even here in the space of secondary assumptions where things are concealed, we have the ability to disclose the Aleph, the Pela Elyon, the Or Hayichud that shows itself within Targum itself, within the fallenness. And that's the Avoda as we see in the name of the Vilmagon and Rabbi Nachman and different Mikubalim, the Kamarna has an Arithos on this, that the mitzvah of Shnayim Mikra Echad Targum, of laning the Torah twice in the language of Lashon HaKodesh, which represents the originality that is outside of our grasp and then bringing it into Targum to show that even in the nether realms of existence, even in concealment, we have the ability of bringing down the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shnayim Mikra Targum is the avoda of bringing Targum back into Lashon HaKodesh, 
of saying that even in the space of Targum and translation and darkened consciousness and translational consciousness, which is a secondary mode of experience and understanding, always removed from its source, no longer capable of disclosing the origin from which it came, specifically in the space of translation, we have the capacity of disclosing that the originality of language rests within translation, that even in the duplicity there is a unity that abides, that even in that which appears duplicitous and separate and broken and shattered and suffering and, and difficult, we have the ability to disclose the ulpan shal olam, the alufo shal olam, the master of the world, and Shnai Mikrov Targum is bringing Targum back to Lashon HaKodesh, like Unkelo Sager, who shows that even though I was separate and apart from Kedusha, I now am able to disclose Kedusha. And with that understanding, we're going to go into the words of Rav Kook. Rav Kook says as follows, he says, HaKofiut, the apeness, the imitation, the mimicry that we saw with the Oskuf, the imitation, which we saw by the Oskuf, which was showing already how we're trying to mimic that which was holy and that which preceded us. Which is the foundation of the replication and the doubling of images. So already by the Oskuf, which was the first letter of Sheker we saw, because the Kofrev Shin enter into the Amma de Sheker of duplicity, that was the replication and duplicity that we find in the world of the musagim, says Rav Kook, of concepts, hakochot, of strengths, hamifalim, of activities, vatnuot, of movements within the world, hamishpatim, of laws and regulations in the world, hashifot, our desires and our yearnings, vahaidialim, and the ideals of the world, mimrome mekoroseim, letachtis hamshachat hachayim vahamitsiyas bechukkakaseim. By the Oskuf, we said the Oskuf is capable of descending into the depths of existence for the sake of elevating it again, of showing what we're actually imitating. After imitation, after we attempt to mimic and act as if we're related to things that were holier than us, Higo Remes says Rav Kook, this causes She'acharei HaKoach HaKlali HaZet. After this universal and collective sense of mimicry and imitation that we saw in the Oskuf, Yichol Koach Matchil, an originality starts, a beginning starts, to the extent that after the end of a previous level's existence, we start again. Now that beginning is a secondary level. So by Targum and by mimicry, the beginning that we have contact with, the racist that we have contact with, the Rosh, the head of things that we have contact with, is already the beginning of a level that is fully separate and apart from that which we previously experienced. By the Oskuf, we at least understand what we're mimicking. By the Osresh, we're at the point of a new beginning where, because of the Gaiva and because of the Anochius and the separation, we may fall into a sense of self-sufficiency where we think that this is a new beginning, this is an act of originality that is disconnected from anything previous to it. And therein lies the danger of the rishus, of the ra, that which appears to be duplicitous and separate from Kedusha. Because in truth, nothing is separate from the Aleph, from the original origin, from the Bereshus bara elokin. But when we come to the rish, when we come to a second beginning, 
that's where we lose sight of that which preceded us. That's where we lose sight of the fact that we are simply acting in the way of Kedusha and we begin to assume that things that appear ra and evil and part of Rishus actually have an identity to themselves. So Rav Kook continues and he says, after this collective strength of mimicry, a beginning or an origin, a new origin begins, the act of mimicry and duplication begins to arrange itself, begins to act as if it is its own self-standing system. In a translational form. Because again, we said that this new beginning is simply the mimicry or the copying or the duplication of something that preceded it. But the danger of translation is that translation, if it's disconnected from the original language, begins to think that it becomes the original language itself. And Rav Kuk continues and he says, Bitsura Targumit, in the form of translation, Tardemit, like we said in the name of the Arizal and Rav Kook says this explicitly that Tardema and Targum have the same numerical value because they represent the same concept of falling into secondariness and falling into a state that is no longer connected to the origin that gives life. Acharonit, it's secondary, it's Acharayim, it's perceiving things from their backside, it's seeing things in a way that is no longer clear, of an Aspaklaya Delonuhura where we look at things and we can no longer understand or discern what the original purpose of them were, and we're stuck and we're lost in translation, so to speak. The os reish, reish yud shin, is the Aramaic translation of the word rosh, which represents the head, the beginning. Because targum is always a duplication of Lashon HaKodesh, like we said by the Os Aleph, and like we saw by the Os Lamed as well. That Reish represents a beginning, but is a copied beginning. It is a beginning that is not original. It is a duplicated originality. It's the sense that we are beginning anew right now, but in the depths of itself, it is simply a duplication and a copy of something else, no longer aware that it's a copy of something. It's a hester astir, it's a concealment of concealment in the sense that we no longer even recognize that we're concealed from the origin because we think that we're a new beginning and we feel separate and apart. So the Rosh Rav Kook says, Hu Rosh HaIvri HaMeturgam. It is the translation of Rosh. It is a secondary and duplicitous expression of a beginning. And that's where we get stuck. That's where we feel that, God forbid, the secondary beginnings of things of Ra as a standalone entity, of Rishus as a standalone entity, of suffering as a standalone entity, that's only because we lose sight of the fact that all Targum, all duplicity, all translation, all commentary, all interpretation is simply an explication of the unfathomable beginning, of the Kach Allah b'machshava, of the Pela Elyon that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't give us access to. We don't have access to understand the original will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in existence. And the Lesham HaKadosh and Rav Kook and Rabbi Nachman express deeply that all suffering of the Jewish people and the world at large is contained within that Shtika HaElyona, the silence that preceded the Aleph, that which we can't describe in this world, of Kach Allah B'Machshava, this is how it ascended in my unfathomable will, the Osresh is simply a copy of that. The Osresh is simply a new beginning, and if we feel that it's a beginning unto itself, that Ra has its own standalone entity, 
we're miyayish immediately. That's where we fall into the realm of mayim mayim, like Rabbi Nachman warns us against in his Torah, Al-Tomr mayim mayim. And Rav Kook continues and he says, Makomo achar hakuf hulo. The resh is fortified after the oskuf, because after the original act of mimicry and imitation, that's a perfect place for us to forget what we're imitating. That's the perfect place for a person to begin to think that their self-identity and the identity of Ra and separation in the world is a standalone entity. It is, it is fortified because these are the letters of Sheker. Now Rav Kook here is commenting on the shape of the Reish, which is basically a folded Vav. The Vav represents the Meshachachayim, the Vav Ha'amudim. The Vav HaChibor, that connects the Elyonim and the Tachtonim, like we said by the Osvav, that it's the Partsuthim, it's the Kaliut HaKol. The Reish, on the other hand, looks like a Vav at the bottom of itself, but it folds itself over. It is not like the Vav which descends from the Yud, which is the infinitesimal point that contains the infinite within it, expressing Kedusha in the world, but the Reish is blocking the originality. The Reish folds itself over deliberately to block the light of originality for the sake of Bechira for the sake of Ra and for the sake of separation and duplicity to fall into the world. It needs to block the light of originality because otherwise the originality would be apparent. For the sake of Bechira, we need to lose sight at a certain level of the source that we're coming to mimic. So here Rav Kook is coming to explain the shape of the vote, uh, the shape of the Reish. Who eneno meshech es meshech achayim The Reish doesn't draw down the life of spirituality and Kedusha, like the shape of the Vav, that the Vav is simply the elongation of the Yud, which represents the Kedusha and the Kol like we saw by the Os Yud, and the Vav is simply drawing that down into the world. The Reish is not the expression of a Kedush Baruch in the world. The Reish is not drawing down the light of originality into the world, says Rav Kook. Aval, rather, who bona espinyano ha mevusam al yesod ha-hataka medchilat ma'aseyu. The Reish begins its action from the conception of an original copy, of sensing that even though I am a copy, even though I am a duplication, a replication of something that preceded me, I am going to claim that I am a beginning unto itself. That is the source of Ra, that is the source of Rishus, which attempts to claim that it has its own standalone existence. When in spite of all the apparent duplicity and duplicitous nature of suffering in the world, we believe deeply that within all distinction and within all distortion and within all differentiation and suffering, there abides the Pella Elyon, the light of the Aleph that precedes all differentiation. So the Osresh is not like the Vav, which draws down an original source, disclosing what it's coming to copy. Assuming the statement of Chazal that Kol Omra that anyone who says where they got their ideas from brings redemption into the world. And their footner says in Mamre Pachad Yitzchak by Purim that the Giloy is because Geula is the revelation of a source. Geula is the revelation of the origin of originality. And therefore, if I claim to say something original, when in truth it's duplicated or replicated, it's the opposite of Geula. The Vav copies the source. The Vav says where its source comes from. The Resh is simply a duplication, and it's not abiding, not rooted, and not disclosing what its source is. And that's where Ra 
is disclosed. That's where duplicity and secondariness and multiplication is disclosed. It is an original copy, so to speak. It is the beginningness of the second stage, which is already removed from its origin. The Reish fortifies its place and its and it gives certainty to itself in the act of its upper part, the upper part of the Yud. That stands very nicely, separating between the originality of the light that we were able to recognize by the Oskuf, the Osreish comes and blocks it out. It says you can no longer recognize the source. You can no longer recognize the origin. And again, all of this is for the sake of Bechira and disclosing a deeper level of unity. When a person finds themselves in the Osreish, they're already finding themselves in a place where the light of the origin is concealed. That's where Ra and Rishos is disclosed. Of Rishus Harabim, a multiplicity where things seem random and separate and fragmented and scary and anxiety-producing. The Osreish, because of its separation, because of the blockage, that it blocks the lights of the origin from disclosing themselves, so that by the Osreish it seems like it's a new beginning disconnected from the origin, it draws down in this aspect specifically because the Osreish blocks out its origin that has more of a capacity to disclose itself within manifestation and actuality. Like we said, all disclosures for the sake of, all concealment is for the sake of disclosure. All limiting, all concealment of the origin is simply for the sake of Bechira. So duplicity can emerge so that a person actually plays the game of spirituality, plays the language games of Avodah Hashem, specifically in a place where the or or the revelation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is not apparent. So again, for Rav Kook, the Reish is deliberate. The Reish is not Chas Shalom, some accidental space of distortion and Ra and negativity. It is a deliberate concealment of the origin of light, so that specifically at the place where we feel that we're beginning on our own and that we are self-sufficient, we have the ability to remember the Reish's, the Reish's of things, the beginning of things, the origin from which we came. Rav Kook says the Reish in its expression as well as as well as its written form is, is very good at expressing what it's coming to represent which again is a duplication and a replication. But when this Reish descends away from positive replication we're no longer doubling the things that are holy in the world. When the Reish no longer follows the purified form of the Kuf, the purified mimicry of Kedusha as opposed to Klipa, it is the source of evil and negativity. And here of Kuf says something incredible. The source of rishus, the source of evil, the source of duplicity, the source of separation that no longer is connected to its source of origin, the place where a person is no longer capable of saying this is also part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan, this is also part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world, specifically there, at the source of rishus, Rav Kook says, HaMuchan Lehishagev Yisha B'Shuvo El Al that prepares itself to disclose salvation in its eventual elevation back above. 
that for Rav Kook, there is no standalone absolute wickedness or evil. There is nothing that is separate and apart from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unity. And any descent into duplicity and secondariness where the source of things is no longer apparent, it is only for the sake of disclosing a deeper level of unity that emerges out of the constriction, the duplication, the concealment, the sheker, the lies, the suffering that abide within the world of Alma de Shikra, the world of lies and the world of concealment. It is only for the purpose of revealing a deeper level of unity. Tov me'od, says Rav Kook. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu says Tov me'od at the end of Maisa Barishas, Chazal tell us Zeh Yetzer Hara. This is the evil inclination. Rav Kook is saying that all descent into duplicity, all descent into concealment, all descent into evil and that which appears devoid of Kedusha, devoid of unity, devoid of reason, chaos and and no longer a semblance of Hashem running the world, it is only for the sake of disclosing a deeper unity of a tov me'od. Tov ze'yetzer ha'tov, good, that emerges from the natural, the natural proclivity of the human being to do good. Tov me'od, very good, the implication of good, the adornment of good, making good even better than good, making perfection even better than perfection, that only comes about by way of the rishas in the world. That only comes about by the Yitzhahara. That comes about by the person self-overcoming the concealment in the world. This descent into multiplicity, into concealment, into rishus, is only for the sake of Kaddish Baruch Hu revealing himself in a deeper way that hitherto would have been unfathomable. And I just want to connect this oath to something Rabbi Nachman says at the end of Torah Yotes, which again, I highly recommend for anybody who is interested in the concept of translational consciousness, of living in the world of secondariness and translation and trying to access the original language, of remembering that even though we're translating all of our experiences and our emotions and our, and our lives in general, we're still deeply concealed within Targum, within Terdema, is the capacity of disclosing the Lashon HaKodesh, the originality of the double, of showing that even in Targum we have the ability of seeing Shnayim Mechar Ve'echad Targum. And the Maharal says in Teferis Yisrael and Parakid Gimel that Targum on a certain level is a higher level than Lashon HaKodesh. Because only through Targum are we able to show that Lashon HaKodesh can descend into the places of Lashon HaAmin. That only because of Targum can we show that the pristine language of originality can manifest itself in the spaces of concealment and darkness. And Rabbi Nachman says as follows in Torah Yudtes, he says, the concept of Lashon HaKodesh, the rectification of connectivity that comes from above in Lashon HaKodesh when everything is specific and exact and the signifier and the signified unite, it's still missing something. The original perfection is missing something. And the essence of its perfection is below. In this world of concealment. Because we elevate the good that is within translation. Targum enhances Lashon HaKodesh. The ability to translate Kedusha shows that Kedusha has a deeper level within it, that it can even be disclosed within the realms of impurity and in the Lashonos and the languages of the rest of the world. Ki ikr ha-tikun shekol ha-devarim. 
Because the essence of the perfection and the rectification of all things, nishlam lamata bazeha olam daika, it is specifically rectified in this world. When Rabbi Nachman says daika and afalpikin, what he is saying is that even though this seems counterintuitive, this is the secret of faith. That it seems intuitive to say that Lashon HaKodesh discloses Kedusha. But Daika in the area of Targum we have the ability of disclosing a deeper level of Kedusha. Specifically in the realm of darkness we have the ability of disclosing a deeper level of holiness. Specifically in the space of questioning and doubts and lack of faith and suffering. That's specifically where the Jewish people in the world at large have the ability to disclose a deeper level of unity. That this is the aspect of the fullness of the Hebrew language of Lashon HaKodesh, specifically through translation. That even though Lashon HaKodesh is a loftier level of expression and revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Af if Rabbi Nachman didn't say these words, it would be impossible to say. Lashon HaKodesh, originality, perfection, can only be perfected by way of imperfection. It can only be disclosed by way of Rishus and Ra. It can only, Amuna can only be disclosed in a place where everything screams don't have Amuna. Yichud can only be fully manifested through this place of duplicity. And Rav Kook continues and he says, even though Lashon HaKodesh comes from above, it can only be filled by way of Targum. Even though the Aleph all the way to the Kuf represent where we still can see the source, it is only by the Osresh, where we no longer see the apparent source of unity, that we elevate unity. Tov Ma'od We take Tov and we make it into Tov Ma'od. Shuhu Eitzadas Targum is the Bechina of Eitzadas Tovara, of separation and duplicity. The Eitzachayim, which is the unity of the world, needs the Eitzadas Tovara, and needs the duplicity and the separateness and the brokenness of the world in order to disclose the full strength of the Eitzachayim. And next week, Be'ezus Hashem, when we come to the Shin, when we come to the lowest level of existence, when we come to when HaKadosh Baruch Hu fully manifests himself in Gvul, that's where we're going to see the turn. That's where we're going to see the promise of Rabbi Nassim of Breslov, where he says that, And we're going to go from the bottom of the Aleph base, in Mir Tzashem, with the Shin and the Tuf, back to the Aleph, disclosing the unity and the adornment of unity that comes about by way of separation specifically.